Wait, okay. All right, welcome to another edition of God Family Purpose, the show that sheds light on our shared human experience through the lens of faith, family, and purpose. I'm Amanda Gilchrist, your host, and today we're talking about breaking the cycle, healing abandonment and daddy issues to find your purpose in God and family. So in this podcast episode, we're going to dive deep into the often overlooked and unaddressed wounds of abandonment and fatherlessness through expert insights, some personal stories, and we're going to explore some practical steps to overcome these traumas and live a fulfilling life centered again on God and family. So today I'm welcoming in my guest co-host is Christian Jackson, the great daddy issues expert. Thank you for coming in today. (laughs) Hey girl, hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Per usual, to go ahead and dive into what we don't like to talk about. So listen, <laughs> I think it's a thing, right? So, <laughs> so we're both therapists by training, mm-hmm. um, and people sometimes think that it's uh, it's easy for us to jump into those hard conversations too. <laughs> go ahead, look. I see that. I see that facial expression. I have a hard time covering mine up too. Cause tell me, I want to yes. hear. Yes, um, it's actually I was having. Um, I was being triggered by my own clients, which is how my books were born. So <laughs> I was doing therapy for a while. And I think we talked about a little bit before we started recording how some people around us think that we just do therapy instead of like really believing in the power of really sitting with someone like who's trained and can help us to work some things out. I was the person who just thought, oh, I can go in here, I have a book. I can do the therapy, just get out of it, right? You don't realize how triggers you're going to be when you're meeting with people who have similar life experiences or don't. And it just brings up something random you hadn't thought about. We're human too, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I wasn't necessarily prepared for that. But, you know, we do our assessment with our clients. At the very beginning, it's basically an interview for those of y'all who don't know our very first session. You get to know all of your business, about your family history and stuff like that. And I kept hearing things about that were very redundant um, about how they were handling, handling relationships, about their family structure, about who was there and who wasn't and why and how that impacted them without them really knowing. I'm like, damn, this is kind of like me. Um, and so I was going through something, which I described in my book with my dad um, around 21, mm-hmm. um, where we first really kind of fell out and I was studying to be a therapist, you know, two, three, four years later, and I'm just like, God, this is why I act like this, and this is why my husband triggers the crap out of me, and why my kids, you know, trigger me, and I act this way, or whatever, Um, and so the therapist that I was working with at the time, she said, hey, why don't you write a letter to your dad, you know, that assignment that we give Mm -hmm. (laughs) to our clients, (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, we tell them, journal about this, or whatever it is, and so when I really started writing, and because I'm a writer anyway, ironically, that is a skill I know comes from both my parents, your mom writes poetry, but um, my dad's also a writer, so I just kind of organize certain thoughts, because I'm like, I feel like nobody's really talking about daddy issues the way that it needs to be talked about. So I immediately saw a gap and I wanted to fill it. And I didn't realize this, mind you, until like five or six years after doing therapy. Let me just be clear. Because I had to go work out stuff myself. Mm-hmm. That's where it started. It's how my book was born because I just started writing like, what would I really want someone to tell me? Yeah. I needed to provide services that I wish I would have had when I was in my most intense anxiety and depression, not really knowing that's what it was, right? Because mm-hmm. like, we're not allowed to think that way. We just kind of tunnel vision and go. Yes. 
Um, but once I slowed down enough to go to therapy and really start to see some things come to your head, I'm like, huh, this is this is something. I, I think I'm on to something here. And even then, I felt like, oh God, is this uncomfortable? You telling me you have daddy issues? Like it was a whole thing. Um, but that's how it got started. I specialize in trauma. I treat daddy issues the way that it is. It's emotional trauma, sometimes physical, sexual, unfortunately, unfortunately emotional abuse. And so I treat it from that lens. Um, with everything we already know how to do, Amanda. Like, we're saying mm-hmm. that CBT therapists, trauma-specifically trained therapists, and I'm just tweaking it in a way to where we are having a very specific conversation about what symptoms of daddy issues are. Nobody's done that before me that I know of. So when I'm giving you what daddy issues are, we're going to start this baseline, foundation conversation, like the abandonment, the rejection, and why this shows up this way, giving you a list of symptoms. Like, you would when when you looked at the book that DSM-5 would use, the PR, um, to diagnose clients, I want people to be able to say, when you leave CJ, me, this is Jackson, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you CJ. leave me, then you know what daddy issues are. You take what works, you leave what doesn't, and you just work it out. I just want you to have a language to be able to say what daddy issues are, how they may or may not be affecting me, and how that looks. And so throughout the rest of my book and what I was uh, really talking about in the beginning, I self-published it in 2020, I'm showing you daddy issues in your marriage, with your friendship, at work. With your kids, so you can really see how it flows out without you really knowing. And then you get those practical steps in between um, each chapter where you get to kind of work out what you just process. So it's a very, I don't know, very testing. Yes. Here's a warning work yourself through it slowly. <laughs> slowly. Yes. Yes. And probably with it. you there, but. Yeah, and probably a good support system too. So I'm mm-hmm. so glad you shared in such deep context there because I want to like break a couple of things apart. So one, I love how you take that very practical approach with daddy issues, right? So my biggest thing as a therapist, as a person, right, out here learning in the world, especially when you're learning as a therapist in school, there's not as much practicality until you actually start doing the work with clients. And I supervise clinicians specifically because I want to have a hand in their practical application because that's the part that makes it all come together right knowing all this book knowledge is is we have to understand the human experience right and so Mm -hmm. people will constantly say like you you know you probably don't get it or you you know no well I'm a human first and I'm a human that understands how different things in our lives can impact the way we function things that we probably don't even realize so your daddy issues was like it's actually born out. It's like a segment of like in the attachment style. So it's breaking down that attachment style with your dad and looking at how that presents. And it's funny because I literally, I would say like 99.999% of my clients, I have them take an attachment style quiz in the beginning. And that's because you need to know what your primary relationships have done, how they influence you. You have no idea. And I'm sure you get this all the time. People are like, oh my God really? I, I'm 45 years old and I'm just now learning this about myself? Welcome. We're all still learning. There's so much yep. below the surface. So like, and that whole trigger by clients thing, people don't realize that can happen too. Okay? By clients. And they teach me so much. Like, I'll sit here with my own notepad here. I'm at my desk right now. And I'm like, ooh, this is that word. And you know, because I'm not I am an expert. You are an expert. We have been trained clinically, but they are the expert on their lives. And so 
I'm taking this and I'm like, oh, that's, that's really interesting, you know, and I write that down and um, really kind of sit with those things, take it to my own therapist, so that's either at Little shout out to Lady oh, I love her so much, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I really get a chance to process things that have been brought up in me, and um, part of doing daddy issues work is understanding attachment, you cannot talk daddy or mommy issues, which I've been doing a lot more lately too, um, without talking about attachment, how and why you show up in relationships. Why you may show up as more avoidant, um, why you may dismiss or put walls up rather than engage with your partner physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, because there is something that you learned and that you took to heart to protect yourself. And so it's a lot of like, like you said, you'll have a 45-year-old client, and I have clients who are the same age, and they're older than me, right? Like I'm 36, I'll be 37 next month. I get clients who are older than me, and they'll present as younger than both of us because trauma has stunted them emotionally to where they are really making decisions like their 15-year-old self, 10-year-old self. Like, I know you have been in sessions where you see them dissociate, and they just, like, kind of shrink into, like, the little girl of the way that they even articulate or even their tone of voice. They'll dissociate, like, kind of shift back to that person. Because they were experiencing trauma, probably on top of trauma, on top of trauma for years, and then you get to a point where I don't have time to make connections, I don't have time to make friends and have meaningful relationships with trust Mm -hmm. people because I'm stuck Mm -hmm. here and I need to survive. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of what we do um, as therapists is, unfortunately, we're poking holes in a lot of narratives that have kept them safe for a while. Yes. And they believe that. So I under, I recognize myself as a threat, quote-unquote, you know, because we're kind of coming and challenging them with things. Not telling you how to think, but asking and giving you permission and empowering you to think of things a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so even those women who say, Christian, like, I have a relationship with my dad. I'm a daddy girl. What do you mean I have daddy issues? And I'm like, well, I, I meet a lot of daddy girls that have daddy issues. Those are my protectionists and my people pleasers, right? Like, they, it comes out. Um, in the way that you attach in your relationships, the way that you show up in your marriage, in your dating relationships, daddy's girls show up very specifically, as far as mm. I can tell. Girl. It's about giving it a chance. Listen. Mm. Okay, so you just stepped all over my toes just now. <laughs> <laughs> You stepped all on my toes, but I'm okay with that, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because, so like, in previous episodes, like I shared that I came from a blended family, and then I created my own. Mm -hmm. And so coming from that blended family, my dad, who's not my biological father, was there for me from a very young age. And you let anybody else tell it, you can't tell me any different. Like, he fed me for so long, we look alike, okay? Like, that's my dad. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't realize until much, much, much later that I really had daddy issues Mm -hmm. and I was a daddy's girl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you said that perfectionist people pleaser, sign me up girl. Cause I was the first (laughs) on the list. Like Uh you at the front of the classroom, raising your hand, you getting all A's. Like they had to have a whole talk with me. Cause I came home with a beat and it tore my world apart. They was like, girl, you gotta, you gotta, even in girl, get my master's Mm -hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. I challenged my teacher on this particular paper because I felt like he didn't really know what he wanted in that paper. And I know that paper was a worthy. I mean, I went back through that thing. 
And that paper caused my grade to change in the course to a B. Now, all this time, I had all A's in my master's degree. And I was like, I challenged it after he posted the grade. I said, that's not my grade. So then he tried to, well, I just want to talk to you about, like, why does it have to be an A? I said, look, oh. you're not finna, you're not finna, you're not going there. That was actually there. what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, is, what is the meaning behind that A? What is it? But I was, listen, I wasn't ready to talk about that. I said, right now, you're going to give me this A, sir, because you can't tell me why I don't deserve it. So conversation done, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but there was this like tug of war. So I ended up being disorganized in my attachment mm -hmm. style because mm -hmm. I had the mm -hmm. biological father who was not there. I had a dad who was. And so I wanted to make sure that I was like being a good daughter and like showing up and mm. girl, he would just say something like he would say a statement of disappointment. He would give me a look of disappointment and my whole world fell apart. Yeah. And I ended up carrying that into my relationship with my oh, husband you do. You do. I couldn't be myself and it wasn't necessarily because he wasn't allowing me to be myself I wasn't allowing me to be you myself. had a standard right that nobody even put on you right exactly Same. I was like Same. I gotta be up here I gotta perform like this you know if he mm -hmm. wants this I gotta make it happen I can't say I'm tired I can't say I'm and I'm just going around doing everything and not complaining and not like you know setting boundaries not tending to my own needs and mm -hmm. then it creates this crazy whirlwind dynamic later when you yeah. realize that you're operating that way and then you decide that you need to do something different and then that causes a whole nother set of issues in your Everybody marriage. in the family has to adjust, right? Yes, exactly. because this ain't who you was. You're changing. Uh -huh. I was like, uh -huh. no, really? I'm just coming into myself, right? I'm resting. <laughs> I'm picking up for myself. You can fold your own laundry. You can't like, and I'm thinking about my kids, like even the skills I'm trying to teach them, life skills. I'm like, when you guys decide to marry, if you do, your partner does not have to do all the things for you. You are perfectly capable, and mm -hmm. your partner deserves to take a break. You can share the flow. That's what it's about. It, it feeds. It, it feeds into so many things, but it starts with you having had made that decision to say, "Hey," because you know a lot of us will run into that wall first, where like I, I literally crashed when I was doing everything you were saying as far as trying to be the perfect whatever. Because if I couldn't control how my daddy saw me, I could control how my husband and my kids saw me, how my friends saw me, mm. how my employer saw me. And so mm. that rolled into Christian the perfectionist and Christian the people pleaser. She doesn't say no, she'll say yes to the extra work, all of these things. And like you said, I'm coming to my own and I'm about to be on this journey where I've never had this role I'm about to go into before I just got hired for a new position. I'll be a director of the college campus um, for the counseling center. I have not been anyone's employee in three years having done this entrepreneur thing and really getting into my daddy issues moving through. Even as Christian the employee, my perfectionism, my people pleasing showed up. I was triggered by one of my older supervisors. That's how I actually opened the book, me cussing him out because he triggered me to my daddy. <laughs> you know, all me, mm -hmm. as far as how I respond, I can take responsibility for that. But still, I am walking into this new position, excited, knowing I'm a boss, knowing I'm ready. I have a healthy level of anxiety, but what Christian's not going to do is play the game so much so that she gets lost or be motivated by fear. And that is how mm -hmm. I made a lot of decisions growing up. I was so fearful. 
that if I didn't do this, it wouldn't get done right. And then I would be left here in poverty. Because I did, I was homeless my senior year of college. I mean, of uh, high school, senior year of high school, trying to figure out how to make that transition into uh, my freshman year of college. I was living in a hotel with my mom that whole year. And so, like, if I'm thinking about this poverty mindset that came from more than just my daddy issues, right? It's a, it's daddy issues is a factor. It's a major one, but it's a factor in our upbringing. Um, I know what I'm going to be taking into this new role, new role. I know that I can set boundaries. I know that I'm allowed to say stuff, and that's not how I operated before. Yeah. All because I paused and I was like, Christian, you are the table. Bring it. You didn't get hired for no reason. People don't come to you for no reason. Yes. So that I want to hone in on that thing you said, like being motivated mm-hmm. by fear. And mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of us like realize that we have been motivated by fear. Like there was so much success that I achieved, but it was fear-based success. And it's so different. Oh, Amanda, we are the same. It's so, <laughs> it's, it's so like, it's exhausting. It is so it is. exhausting. To it live is. in fear. And ironically, my favorite Bible verse is 2 Timothy 1-7? 2-7? You're talking about for God has not given you not spirit, us a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. That is ironically my favorite verse because I needed something to hang on to. I'm like, God, you told me I don't have to be afraid. Like, you, I don't, what am I afraid? Like, this is, I, I, I gravitate towards that verse so much because of the level of fear I had like mm-hmm. it was if I don't make this meal right my husband may not like me it, it just automatically Ooh. went there girl when you said we the same okay <laughs> we definitely do so. we we just we just embodied each other I swear yes. and so, it's like it was, when I finally shared that with him though he'd be like dang really like I just I just asked you using assault I didn't say that you were terrible but that's where my mind went because I'm like if I don't do this right then I'm not going to be the best wife it sucks and you know it's so it's and my friend actually told me once because um, I was actually fired from my last job. Long story, another reason why I didn't go straight back into the workforce. I was bullied so horribly and it was terrible mm. before they fired me. It was a whole mess. And so when I came into entrepreneurship, I was forced, right? Like whatever, I had to figure this shit out. Um, mm-hmm. sorry, I don't know if I can curse, but I had to figure it out. Um, we, uh, holy nigga. Just saying, okay. Um, So I had to figure that thing out. I had to figure out how to be a boss, how to make decisions, and I do think that I was in this season purposely to learn to trust myself. And so I've had a lot of success, I believe, just for Christian, not like objectively speaking. Like it's a lot for me to have owned something and started a practice, and all these people want to work with me, and I'm so flattered and honored, and I love being a part of the journey. But I was still scared. And my friend would say. Christian, slow down. Why are you? Your work ethic is like unmatched. And I'm like, you have no idea that the reason I'm working so hard is because my husband's not working. It's all on me. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do this, we don't have no way to go. Like, and that's stupid because we both have our families here. But I'm like, my brain was automatically trained to say, Christian, if you don't handle this, you're going to be out of the street. The reason mm-hmm. you're working so hard and look so great on Facebook and couch kitchen looks so pretty and the branding is nice, but y'all don't know I'm crying every single night, like really mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to make these books balance, how to get groceries in the house. I am scared. And so I tell my clients, you know how we do like appropriate self-disclosure? Mm-hmm. I have Crohn's disease, which is a GI issue where my body yeah. um, 
my guts don't process food anymore, right? My anxiety got so bad that I developed a chronic illness to where I have to take a shot every week just so that my intestines will digest my food. Mm. That is how I was like, that's, that was also the death of my life. That was awful. And I wasn't managing anxiety at all because I was living in fear. And when you are mentally living in fear, what I tell my clients, because I'm really big on making sure you know physically and mentally how that feels. Oh, yes. I was tensed up like this all the time and didn't really realize it. And mm. so my body was fighting itself. It's an auto, the chronic disease is an autoimmune disease, which means CJ's body is fighting her own self because she's always staying ready for you got to get ready, which sounds cute until you are always in constant fear. Yes. And so I'm like, let me be a cautionary tale. I have a chronic illness because I did not manage my fear and anxiety well, right? Yes. That's something that I learned very directly from watching my parents interact. I talked about daddy issues, but it's also watching how my mom handled those things, too. Um, that's why we got to talk about daddy issues, because we need to get to the root of why you're walking and living in this fear and in anxious state. So, I'm I'm just, it's, this is not funny, okay? But it's one of those things where, like, I take the human being and the counselor with me everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was talking to this administrator at my son's school, um, because we are very, inv- like, I'm going to show up. You can't just tell me something happened. What proof do you have? Who you talk to? Like, mm-hmm. I'm there. Like we both there, me and my husband, we just like, now what now? Um, mm-hmm. now make it make sense. Can you show it to me on video? Like who, who did you get yeah. statements from? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so you know, she goes and tells me all this stuff. She got her master's degree, but she got her bachelor's in psychology. And I don't know if she told me that to like make me feel like she like knew everything there was to know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah. And then she told me about this like little retreat that, that all of the uh, principals went to. And, um, you know, it was, we did this one section section and it was like a therapy session and I learned my success script. And I was like, oh, uh uh-huh, what's your success script? Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, well, you know, when I was growing up, you know, my dad, you know, he would never say a mean thing out of the way to me, all this other stuff. But when I did something really good, you know, he would, he would give me that compliment, tell me I was so great and so smart. And so now I'm like, I do this, I do this, I do that. Like, I, I have to be successful. I have to have that perfection. And she was like, yeah, and that's my success script. I said, yeah, we call that a negative core belief. And mm-hmm. she just kind of tried to glaze by it real fast, right? Um, I said, that. yeah, because <laughs> I, like if I told you I'm a, you know, we talked about our profession. I said, yeah, I'm a therapist mm-hmm. by training. And I don't really like come in and try to like, right. start sissing people. People try to tell you the business all the time, too. Yeah, they I'm do. I'm off the and, clock. Please do when you, they don't even know you're a therapist, right? Like, people stop me in the mm-hmm. lines at, like, gas stations and Walmart, mm-hmm. and they just start spilling. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. But I just, just, in this moment, like, I was just like, boy, like, we're putting all kind of acceptable labels on things that we should not... That's not a success script. That's fear-based yeah. success, right? You have this core belief that I have to be doing something to get your praise. Mm-hmm. No. And it's an external locus of control where you just 
expect every like you know are you telling me you can't motivate yourself like you only get that if you and you know even down to like love languages right mm -hmm. mine um my top two are words of affirmation the physical touch and so sis when you said that i'm like oh she's a word she's likely a words of affirmation girl and then mm -hmm. the, but those are our trauma responses like i i have this love language because i probably do not get hugged enough physical touch that's me Words of affirmation. I would like to have heard some things to validate me, just so I can know what it feels like that yes. I was at least on the right track. Not that I needed an ego boost, but mm -hmm. I'm doing this right. So that's where, like, even a daddy issue symptom is like the inability to trust self. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be able to stand on our own and believe what we say and believe that if we make a mistake, that we can come out of it. So, like, even as therapists, you know, we use this language of coping, right? Like, I, I tell you how you can cope with daddy issues. Let's talk about what that looks like. It doesn't mean we're going to get rid of daddy issues, period. I had my session on Monday with my therapist, and I was going in about how nervous I was about this stuff. I'm going to be a director. I'm going to be a boss, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I, I really was talking about this one person that I feel like I need to prove myself to that person. And she was mm -hmm. like, I wonder who that person in here presents. And I was like, oh, my God, I thought I was over my daddy <laughs> caveats I love to give people at therapy right so like you come in with me for a session you're like oh my goodness I feel so much better and I'm like yeah so no this is a state change not a trait change okay what you're experiencing Ooh. right now you're like experiencing that. this high from the session right so it feels mm -hmm. good but you still got work to do because two days later when something else happened you're gonna be back at right. it again and I can't, I can't, you know, I can't be the source of bringing you off that high, right? You, you have mm -hmm. to, or bring, giving you that high, you have to learn how to rebalance yourself. That's what mm -hmm. you came for. So it's not that all the problems going to go away, that life is going to be perfect. It's about mm -hmm. living, learning how to live in peace in the middle of chaos, right? That's actually what peace is. Yeah. It's not the everything around you is peaceful because never you would have to have there control is. over everything because never. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, mm -hmm. we're going to have to learn how to recognize that there's chaos around you and have peace. And I learned that the most when I was in state government and I spent so much time, like I was getting up a statewide crisis program, mm -hmm. like, and I, I was all over the place and this was 24 seven, like phone mm -hmm. off the hook. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I've dealt with suicide, I've dealt with suicide assessment because that's one of the things that a lot of therapists like shy away from. Like it feels like yeah. a scary thing to like address and talk about. But honey, by the time I was deep in that thing, you know, new counselors would be calling me in a panic. And I'm like, first of all, just take a deep breath. 
Okay, because like I'm I was surprised at myself. I'm like, I'm just chilling. And yeah. they're over here freaking out. And I'm like, that's that's what we're trying to work towards in life, right? We're mm-hmm. trying to work towards that place of I don't have to solve everything. I don't have to know all the answers. I don't have to get it right every single time. Mm-hmm. I just have to show up and be myself. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And there is so much freedom in that. But we don't realize it really until we actually get to that place, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, I don't know about you, but I didn't realize how freeing it was to really come to terms with my issues. Because coming oh, to yeah. terms with it, it helped me not feel so attacked by people yes. or attacked mm-hmm. by what people said, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because my husband would say something and I was just like, immediately like I was like are you coming for my life right now (laughs) this is a problem but until we come to terms and when when things like that happen we don't realize like that's an indicator okay if that Mm -hmm. thing moves you it moves you for a reason why does it move you what does it represent you know what is it about really and I love how you talked about like you know what we believe because this is what i'm gonna tell people all day every day okay Mm -hmm. your behaviors are your belief system you do Mm -hmm. what you do because you believe what you believe and so Mm -hmm. in order to change your actions you have to change the the underlying beliefs but most of the time we don't know what those are and this is a conversation that I think has to be on a whole nother podcast episode. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to have like you <laughs> and a couple of other, we probably going to have to do like four or a five. Right? Sounds like yes. a yes. And, but that beliefs thing is so powerful because if you really think about it, okay, your beliefs that you carry are more than likely developed in an environment that you had zero control over. Yep. And so it was just to survive. And the things that you carry, the beliefs, the values, does it belong to you or is it your grandma or your mama or your daddy? Or because people weren't around, that's a belief that you carry because you didn't know the answer and you had to come up with one. And so Mm -hmm. the kid and you said, it's because you're not worthy. (laughs) It's because you can't trust people. And so Mm -hmm. now you're going over here setting all these relationships on fire whatever they may be based on and you under, don't realize undeveloped it. Belief. Yeah, it's based on, I'm sorry to talk about that. You could. Because you said something, you're starting on these fires in your relationship, it's based on old beliefs or wrong beliefs in the first place. Mm-hmm. And this is why the, that psychoeducational piece is so important, especially about trauma, because like you said, if I know why I kick, then I'm I, th- that awareness Mm-hmm. automatically decreases your anxiety because you're like, oh, I'll do this thing. Like, I'm about to start a merch line. I have a mug. And stuff. One or two people took offense to, right, because they don't understand the movement, but whatever. So I have a mug that I want to launch. It's like saying, your daddy is even going. And it's just, uh, oh, okay. This is, I tell my clients all the time, hey, shit, your trauma's going. Your daddy is even going. Because you need to know, oh, shit, that's not a, a dig at you. That's like, okay, that, like you said, is an indicator. So what is it that, that's making you feel unsafe right now in this relationship? Because, oh, my daddy is even showing, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, this is that abandonment. He's giving me no reason, or she has to give me no reason to think that they're going to leave me. But I, for some reason, already prepped my body for this. Because my body remembers the last time daddy left, I never saw him again. Or he was present, but wasn't really present, if you catch that, right? So, like, we have 
have these indicators, like you said, physical indicators. I have to know what my trauma response is. My brain, as a child, had to make up a story because no one told me a story. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, as a kid, you probably, as a kid, you're not going to say, "I'm not worthy." Right? Like that's like a really that's a more mature thing. But as a kid, it was probably something like, "Oh, I'm not cool enough," or "I must not be good enough for my dad to pay attention to me, or my mom to pay attention to me." And that's the story your brain has to make up to make sense of this thought or this feeling of unsettledness, of abandonment, which, again, as a kid, not going to call it abandonment. He's going to say, like, I don't see my daddy, right? But it rolls into the into adult language. So I think it was the book, The Body Keeps the Score. I can't yes, remember. That's exactly what, yes, it's about the best Okay, where, yes, so the young lady developed, um, there's a young lady that developed daddy issues Mm-hmm. or abandonment issues with men and it mm-hmm. influenced the men she chose mm-hmm. but her daddy was a very like big part of her life always showed up for her was there for her did everything um one night apparently there was a storm and the power went out mom and dad went on the other side of the house in the kitchen so they were awake late at night mm-hmm. she's calling for her dad he mm-hmm. never heard her mm-hmm. That one event, that one time where he wasn't there and you don't have an answer for why he wasn't there and you had to come up with one, Mm -hmm. daddy issues. And people don't realize like how our experiences shape so much. Like I'm a, I'm a tell on myself. My husband probably going to be very proud. Okay. He's probably going to be very proud. I'm not even going to tell him that I put this in the episode. (laughs) Because I, you know, that's why I say God for the purpose, because I just let God lead me, right? I just let him tell right. me, like, do what you're supposed to do. Go ahead and tell it, right? <laughs> like, there were times where we would get into it, okay? Because here's what you need to know. Ain't nobody's marriage perfect and glittery and gold. And if it, it is, is, if it is, they don't really care they about each it. other. They, they not They don't love each other. Somebody not being themselves if you don't have mm-hmm. some sort of riffraff, Okay. Mm-hmm. So all that said, you know, when we were younger into our marriage, he, you know, he would be like, this don't make any sense. Like, I'm going to leave. And he was like the person who was just like, kind of like, I said, well, I guess you want to leave anyway, right? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't stop you. And his big thing, he used to always call me out. He said, I feel like if I say I'm going to leave then you just kind of like pushing me out the door. And I was like, no, but I'm a, I also can't control you either. So what what you want me to do? I was like, it's just like, you want me to beg, but why, why well, say you want to leave in the first place if you don't want to leave. But mm-hmm. also the thing that was showing up for me that is if he did walk out the door and by the way, when he would leave, he would like go drive and then come back home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was this thing that I noticed, like sometimes there was almost like this sigh of relief on the inside. Mm. And it wasn't that I did. I love my husband. I couldn't Mm -hmm. imagine like doing life without him. Right. Mm -hmm. But when I wasn't being myself, when Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowing myself to just be who I was, that relief of him walking out the door was about me taking off the layers. Right. I don't have to be Mm -hmm. perfect. I don't have to people please. You know, I don't have to worry about him leaving because he left already. Mm-hmm. You were All right about it. daddy issues. Like I was right. It was mm-hmm. like, I was just trying to prove myself right. Like self-fulfilling prophecy. See, I knew exactly. he was going to leave anyway. See, yeah. I told you. And yeah. we don't realize that sometimes we are 
like tripping over our own feet to make things happen. That's why I say mm-hmm. your beliefs are so impactful. If I'm running this script all the time that tells me he's going to leave, I'm just counting down. I'm just counting down, right? Mm-hmm. Whether I know it intentionally or unintentionally, I'm counting down. But you said such a big thing. Self-awareness mm-hmm. is the biggest piece. Mm-hmm. And so when people come to therapy with me, like I'm like, look, we're not solving everything in a <laughs> week. What we, what we need to do first is figure out what's happening. Because nine mm-hmm. times right out of ten, yeah. you don't know because you're not aware of yourself. So you mm-hmm. have to start out like even just getting comfortable sitting with yourself. And I had a client to say to me, like, she finally had a breakup conversation with me, okay? Because I tell my clients, like, I, mm-hmm. you, you know, get prepared, <laughs> have the breakup conversation with me, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to break up with you. You didn't break up with me. And you, mm-hmm. it goes a little something like, you know, it's not you, it's me. I've grown, you know, I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, I got my little stride on my own. And mm-hmm. she said to me, you know, I had a lot of feelings to come up this past week. And even with those feelings coming up, she said, I felt relief. I didn't feel scared of them. Mm-hmm. I just let them happen. And it was so freeing. Yeah. So people are like, but feeling's too hard. And I'm like, I mean, not feeling. They say they're hard. Exactly. I said, not feeling them is harder because now you, you know, uh, emoting all over the place about mm-hmm. a whole lot of different things that have nothing to do with what you're presented with right now. Right. Yeah. All of those feelings that, still come out. That's so it's like we. I think that fear for your client you were just talking about has a lot to do with we, there's a fear of unknown. Your client was able to identify feelings. Like in my book, and in my, because it's one of my sessions, I put in my book, too, The Feeling is Real. Because a lot of us, mm-hmm. especially in our community, Black people, Black women, mm-hmm. especially, we don't have time, we're not allowed to, a whole bunch of other factors you insert that, to actually even have a, an expansive emotional vocabulary. So you can tell me that she was pissed off by the old buddy for, putting hard eyes under the picture on, on some girl on Instagram. Cool. But it's more than that. Like, if you think about the iceberg, I know you know the angry iceberg, right? There's mm-hmm. more than it's the anger, the secondary emotion. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on under the anger that you feel first before you actually present as angry, right? You're likely feeling disrespected, unheard, invalidated, all these things that you don't really know how to put a word to. And I'll have clients say, I don't know if this makes sense, but I'm like, this is exactly workshop it. Let's just name where you, I'll pull up that feeling real and share my screen and be like, this, but let's say disrespect, that's what it is. Like, I'm mad, but it's that disrespect. And the reason why it's so powerful for you to know exactly what it is, what daddy issue symptoms you may identify with, what level of anger it is, is because if I know that I'm feeling abandoned mm-hmm. and not just sad, then I'm going to go and search for a coping skill that is appropriate. Yes. I'm not going to go and like watch Netflix and eat ice cream and expect to feel better mm-hmm. after like one episode if I'm really feeling a deep-seated level of rejection. Right? Absolutely. Like so that's going to that's gonna be a different level of care. Mm-hmm. So if you know exactly what you feel, where it comes from, what you're telling yourself, like you said, your behavior, you're telling yourself he's going to leave you, he's going to leave you because you believe it. And that's coming from a space of rejection or abandonment, possibly from mommy or daddy issues. Then you're going to treat, you're going to move that differently. Your self-care plan, 
it's gonna look more than it's gonna look like more than hitting the blunt. Because when you come down, there is still gonna oh, be there. Still there. Mm-hmm. And so you're gonna need to go to Amanda or find Christian and figure out what he say about blah 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 blah. Right? Like it's garbage in, garbage out. Perhaps you are ignoring yourself and you're not aware of yourself because you're following all these influencers on TikTok who have internet views. And not to say that I went to an online school, but you know, they just call themselves influencers and social Girl, please. <laughs> we ain't talk about, you know, I, I, listen, okay, I know people who went to brick and mortar school I went and, to still, and still don't know how to apply. So <laughs> it's I about. I talk about the people who are just like, on the mm-hmm. TikTok saying all the random things. And, you know, life experience is valuable, and I get it. Um, mm-hmm. But we can't just be doing that for entertainment. Like, well, why are you not going to and here's the thing, though, because, mm-hmm. and that's the hard part, because a lot of what people are hearing out there, it sounds good. It does. But I can poke, like, I oh. can poke holes all through that. I was like, maybe, like, people mm-hmm. will probably laugh at me, okay, because I'm not, mm-hmm. this full transparency, I'm going to end up having a self-care series come out soon, because people are really, I think, um, so people are definitely monetizing self-care but it's also becoming superficial so part of self-care can be about spending it can be about spending money but what are you spending money on right like what is so what is what does that feel like because self-care for everybody looks different Mm -hmm. and so people say like self-care sunday and it's cute and all but i take issue with that because i'm like not just sunday like self-care is a lifestyle Mm-hmm. And it's about your physical, your mental, your spiritual. It's so much more than I'm going to go get this massage. Because I used yeah. to be playing care. I'm self-care. Right? Mm-hmm. But that the now my self-care is like, are you checking in with yourself? Do you know how you mm-hmm. feel right now? Did you eat today? How much water have you had? Did you do your skincare routine? Right? Because you like when your face has that extra glow. You know, mm-hmm. did you, you know, make sure you just go to the salon and get a good wash because you like for your scalp to feel brand new. Mm-hmm. Did you go mm-hmm. take a walk outside and look at the trees? You know, did you, did you allow... Did you read that good book that you put down five months oh. ago? All the I started things. reading again recently, so that's, I'm all the things, stuff. right? Yeah. And journaling is one of those things that I love, but I never made time. Well, you know, even when I was young, mm-hmm. I used to write all of my feelings. Too, that, yeah. like, girl, I used to have whole got yeah, like different notebooks and yes, pens and stickers everywhere. So, <laughs> like, and that's one of the reasons. Like, so I do have a um a journal coming out calling called Mindful. So there's a digital mm-hmm. version and the print version, but it's meant to be this place where you can track goals and then every day you're kind of like writing down this affirmation for yourself. And I, for me, it's supposed to feed every aspect. So physical, mental, spiritual. So you have it tracked for your physical, mental, spiritual. You can set goals. You can brain dump because we all need to brain. Yeah, I call it brain dump and like get it out. Um, setting up like three goals a day. Cause I tell people like, you should not have more than three must do's in a day. Like this whole mm-hmm. idea that we have to be like produce, 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 produce. Yeah. Like that's stupid. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> America taught us that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not, it's not healthy to just feel like, it, like there's 25 things on the list and you're expecting yourself to get it done. It's erroneous. Yeah. And we actually need to care for ourselves well so that we can be more productive so that we can feel clearer mm-hmm. and get things done in less time. So for me, it's the morning supplication and, you know, noon appreciation 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, then in the evening, you're taking the time to reflect. You're checking your mindful moments. Like, those Mm -hmm. things are so important. Mm -hmm. And it's about investing in yourself. We spend all our time investing in other people. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this for that person. I need to do this for that person. But we're our greatest investment. Mm -hmm. And guess who made the biggest investment in us? God. So Mm -hmm. I think he wants his investment to be taken care of, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and that part of it is just learning to sit with yourself, knowing the things that you struggle with, like mm-hmm. there's so much freedom in that. You can't do that unless you actually slow down. <laughs> so, and I think that's um, when you said you brought up God, and I was thinking with sermon. I think it was in my Todd sermon like a couple years ago, and he talked about how Jesus, um, he achieved all of his miracles, and you and everything Jesus was running nowhere. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he really does. He said, I mean, even when somebody died and there was a lady who was bleeding and like she said if I just touched him or to his garment like he was just chilling, he was walking you know um there's no reason to rush like where did he learn this and so that I even have there's a chapter in my book um the earthly father versus heavenly father mm-hmm. um because my spiritual conceptualization and my relationship with God a man really it's me and Gabby have a tug of war. We go back and forth because of my daddy issues, right? Like he, if I can, if I, if I believe Jesus is a man, and he calls himself my father, and my earthly father presents himself a certain way, and my human brain can only wrap myself, my that that concept of a father around what I'm given, then that impacts how I see God. So like I saw God as like this shaking his finger at me. You gotta do this or else. And so. I, when I was doing my work on my daddy issues, going to therapy, uh, my therapist at the time told me that. She was like, yeah, your spiritual development, no wonder you don't trust God, because you don't trust your earthly father, because that's what we have to tangibly hang on to. It was such a powerful thing, and that was a turning point for my spiritual walk, because I'm like, I had to relearn that connection with God even. Um, mm-hmm. As an adult, I had to see him with my adult brain and with that in mind that you mean you could just love me just because so that's where grace comes from and that's why grace is a huge part of my Catholic system platform because grace saved my life um and I, I have to remind myself daily that I don't have to do anything to have grace I was about to say earn but that's the whole point of grace that you don't earn it right you just give it mm-hmm. so if it's a freely given thing then the what comes with that I think is like this freely given uh idea that you can be aware of your trauma. You don't have to be the product of your trauma so much so that you live in fear. Like that is great. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a woman with grace, so I understand that I have a skill set. I know my resources to be able to work this through. And so for me grace is an acronym. So that's part of the practical tool set. So at the yes. end of my book and um what I like people to walk away with are practical tools. How do I get over mommy or daddy issues? And so I put it in this system called the Grace Method. Um, the G stands for getting to know your symptoms, restricting negative messages, addressing self-care needs, connecting with healthy people, and enforcing proper boundaries. So yes. my clients and I, we work through that. I use it myself. Um, it's not a linear thing. It is something that you, if you're aware of these things, if you're aware of your symptoms, getting to know my symptoms and the grace method, you also get to know your triggers. 
So what is it in your relationship that's bringing up your value issues? Like, if you know what your triggers and your symptoms are, then now we can have this conversation about re-scripting messages because obviously those are informed by yes. something you're telling yourself. When you know these things, you know to get to know your symptoms, you know that these are scripts that you need to redo, you need to reevaluate, you can recreate experiences. That's another piece of the all, right? Then now, if I know this about myself, then I can properly choose what these self-care systems, systems going to look like for me. You just talk about self-care where it's like, you know, people just make it so cute, it's watered down. You use the grace method and you really do that work to understand what my triggers and symptoms are and you're restricting those messages. Your self-care is going to look different. So addressing your self-care so needs are going to look different, going to feel different, it's going to be more impactful because you will work that grace method to see, okay, so going to brunch with the homies is not going to be enough. You know what I'm saying? Listen, like and, for, something else. and for some of us, it, it exhausts us. I'm like, I don't want to go to the brunch right. with the homies. I'm going to go by myself. Okay? I, you, I don't <laughs> even go really to brunch. The brunch brunch, I've been to one or two in my adult life. Because I'm like, bro, I really got to be here. If I got to put on a face and things in the middle of the day, when I've been working all week, I don't really, I don't want to say brunch, but that's you too. But you know, it's a, it's a thing. Like the grace method, your grace space where you can come to my community and we talk it through. Like we really work the grace method. I just had a training where I was talking to my colleagues about uh, resolving the parent trap. But that's where I trained my, my colleagues about how to work through mommy and daddy issues. So a couple weeks ago, I revealed mommy issues symptoms for the very first time. Um, we workshop the grace method. They have handouts and tools to actually do it. Because like you said, as a supervisor, I love being in that position too. I'm, I'm an LPCS, and in my new position, I'll be able to help with practicum and internships, students at the university. They're going to learn the grace method because, period, I want to inform mental health in a way that I didn't get because they weren't teaching this in master's programs. And so, if I really still not, and still not, <laughs> and if I want to, and I've been given this opportunity to work on a campus to inform new counselors then I'm hoping that they will learn daddy issues are a thing, mommy issues are a thing. Christian has exactly what the bullet points are. I'm going to teach you the grace method. So when you go and do your thing, it'll be part of your repertoire, like CBT, right? So I'm really excited about that opportunity because I, I don't I don't know that anyone's talking about daddy issues the way I do. You walk I haven't come across anybody. I haven't come across mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. Um, I think that's such a necessary niche, right? Like a, mm-hmm. such a big need. And listen, I'm hopeful that this is going to go everywhere because people do need to recognize Mm -hmm. that their primary relationships, absolutely, if they're not aware of them, Mm -hmm. that they're absolutely impacting their relationships right now, whether they want to believe it or not, right? Mm -hmm. These Mm -hmm. dynamics where we can just identify everything that's wrong with the other person, but we haven't figured out what we're dealing with or the lens that we're viewing it through. It, yeah. that all of that informs our perspective and and so we just we prevent ourselves from reaching so much of our potential because we're stuck mm-hmm. right we just think i believe what i believe i'm good mm-hmm. overall i make it day to day there's so much more to life we're so much more complex than that and mm-hmm. ooh, we we could probably sit on the soapbox all day just talking about I how know. complex we are i know <laughs> <laughs> One step at a time. And that's what, you know, even when I'm in session with the client and it feels overwhelming when so many things are coming to the surface, then I, I'm EMDR trained. Um, mm-hmm. And so 
that is eye movement desensitization we process and for those who don't know it's a dope intervention for survivors of trauma it can really kind of cut your sessions in half with your therapist it's amazing right it's on my mm-hmm. website i have it on my therapy page so people can know what it is a video about it um but it is one of the things i learned when i was in training to do emdr is that it's like a domino effect like i've always heard root core beliefs like they inform all things we do all behaviors and moves and stuff like that um, but that training really helped me see that I have all these seemingly unrelated experiences, but they taught us to, there's a, a, a core experience out of which you told yourself, I have to think this way to feel safe. And it informs everything after that. So sometimes you'll be like, oh my God, it's going to be in here forever. And I'm like, no, sis, you're not. <laughs> because we're going to find, like you said, um, the woman who, uh, was in the storm with her parents, and dad was on the other side of the house, and she called him for the first time, the very first time he actually said nothing, and he wasn't there for her, he probably didn't hear her. But in that moment, she learned, mm-hmm. I'm alone. I have to do yeah. this by myself. Mm-hmm. So if that is, that's probably something she might have carried on in her life, yep. in relationships, sure. I got to have me. It's not going to get done right unless I do it, right? That is something that we would work out with EMDR. But I, I want people to feel hopeful that if it's a lot of different experiences that you can't make sense of, guarantee there's an experience. The one thing that we can just undo that would be like a domino effect in every way you move because we found that root core belief and experience. So it sounds like a lie. I know some people get intimidated by the work that we do. Um, but if you're, I'm quite sure if you know you're one of our kids, <laughs> you know, a man's office of mine, you'll get to it. It'll be at a pace that's comfortable and you are fully capable of handling more than what you think and everything you need you already have it's just clouded by all these things that you've been telling yourself mm-hmm. all these years so let's just do work and figure out what it is yes and you know it's interesting because you know um emdr is becoming more widely known like i literally have people reach out to mm-hmm. looking for emdr Mm-hmm. And um, I also ended up getting the opportunity to do it a lot. I used to do these mm-hmm. post-critical incident seminars with law enforcement. And we mm-hmm. would literally do, I'd see them one time for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea how it would change the way they mm-hmm. viewed that officer-involved incident or experience that they had. Mm-hmm. And before we do that, like we spend the entire first day of every single one of them going around the room sharing information about their incidents so you're talking a full day Mm -hmm. of like 60 something people sharing traumatic experiences in a Mm -hmm. room talk Mm -hmm. about draining okay yeah and the interesting thing though that i don't that that i like to tell people i said you know with emdr you don't necessarily have to walk me through the entire experience but you're gonna have to feel it yeah Exactly. And bringing up the feeling, bringing up the experience, bringing up the tenseness in your body that goes along with it, remembering the smells, like uh, like it's meant to bring up all those associations mm-hmm. so that you can reprocess it in a healthy way. Yep. And I'm like, if you resist feeling mm-hmm. the feelings, it's not going to work. Okay. Yeah. So when you jump into this, be ready to feel the feelings because the goal in mind is to get to the other side, is to be able to view yourself a little bit different. And I don't know about you. I'm sure you have heard people say this, but I've had so many people tell me like after a session, oh my goodness, I didn't think I was going to feel this different. Like they were just like, I, you know, really? And I'm like, and I had one tell me, she said, I literally kept trying to bring the experience up 
to see mm-hmm. if I could trigger myself and it, it wasn't <laughs> happening. And I was like, girl, okay. all right. She said she's trying to test the theory. <laughs> you got her Listen, excited about that thing, girl. I said, test it, honey, test it. And mm-hmm. she said, it, it was even more vague. She said, I could not bring up those feelings that I once had. It didn't feel mm-hmm. intrusive. And I said, that's the point. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's why. But, you know, fear, fear. So on the first session, I'm talking to my clients and I'm like, look, today I'm a complete stranger, but mm-hmm. it's going to mm-hmm. take a little time to get to know each other. And the connectedness piece is so important. You have to be sitting in front of someone who you really feel is there for your benefit to support you mm-hmm. to work with you to challenge you i tell my clients too i, I was like this house like dang we probably in each other's mind we probably have really similar session breakdowns yeah but yeah i tell mine i'm like look some days you're gonna be like oh my god amanda i love you and then other days you're gonna be like you get on my nerves <laughs> mm-hmm. i have got that like you and that to be like this i'm like this, I don't... listen they said <laughs> And one of them got quiet one time. She was like, oh, shoot, that stings. Yeah. <laughs> but but Look, that's the point. That's the point of having that connection, though, and like really sitting in that transparency because they know mm-hmm. it's not coming from a place of judgment. Yes, exactly. It's coming from one of care and consideration mm-hmm. and commitment to helping you get to where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to tell you it's okay to address that. Sometimes you're gonna look at me like I don't want to talk to you no more, and it's fine because yeah. I'm gonna be like I'll see you next week. All right, right. <laughs> you on my calendar. <laughs> see you next week, sweets. Uh, <laughs> and we gonna keep moving. But I I just want to thank you like so much because I feel like you have you've brought so much transparency to this conversation. But not only that, just recognizing how you took an experience of yours, right? Because we talk about transference and knowing all the things that you deal with, but people sometimes don't realize that some of the great works, the things that we put out into the world come from our experiences. And a lot of our life's purpose comes from our experiences. Mm -hmm. So I love how you turned your experience um, into something meaningful that people can really use to get to know themselves better, to be aware, to address things, to say like, it's okay, you're not the only one in the world, right? And kind of desensitizing the daddy issues because I'm not offended by that mug at all. Matter of fact, I'm going to get me one. (laughs) I'm going to buy me one. (laughs) Your daddy issues are showing because, you know, sometimes I have to to look at it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Or, you know, your perfectionism is like you're projecting your perfectionism because I did Mm -hmm. that a lot on other people, projecting this expectation of perfectionism. I'm like, oh, wait, no, no, no. Yeah, that's my (laughs) Exactly. And so that's why I was like, I I work with clients all the time. And I'm like, I want you to ponder, okay? Because a lot of how you respond to people is about the things you're experiencing. So what do you think about what people say to you? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our responses come from our experiences. It's our own lens on the world. Most of the time it has more to do with what they're feeling than you. But we take yeah. those things and we make them mm-hmm. our responsibility. So, mm-hmm. girl. Oh, yes. I know we could talk forever, Sarah. We could. We could. I'll come back. Just let me know when. Tay, hey, I'm, I'm always ready. We can always. Mm-hmm. I'm, I love having the tough conversations. I come out of them feeling rejuvenated. And people be mm-hmm. like really 
<laughs> but the ones about myself though, cause I'm not even gonna lie, like working with clients, like I don't think clients realize that too. Like working with clients mm -hmm. sometimes, it takes a lot to create space for other people. Yeah. And sit with them in their feelings mm -hmm. and kind of work with them through things. And so it can be draining. I still mm -hmm. love the work, but at the end of the day, I don't want to talk yeah. to nobody. I'm like, yeah, that's why I've cut back on my one-on-one -on -one sessions just because I realized how it was. I was taking that draining uh, energy or drained energy into my family. I feel bad because I have a six-year-old. He's in the pool with that. He's always wanting to play. So I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I got to save some for my babies now. Yes, got to coordinate yes. that schedule. So all that said, though, then, mm -hmm. thank you, Christian, once for talking about breaking the cycles of healing and abandonment. Just know mm -hmm. all of Christian's links, how you can access her. They will be in the show notes. Get in contact with her. She's about to get real busy. So, I mean, <laughs> you won't have to come out the pocket if you're trying to get some of her time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she got to still work on that balance. We are always working on that and figuring it out. So, if there's anything you would want to leave our mm -hmm. listeners with today, what would that be? It would be what something I've already mentioned because it's been showing up a lot for me, and that is everything I need I already have. So trust yourself. Mm. That, that has to be it. Trust yourself that not that everything will go right, but that you have everything you need so that when things don't go as planned, you can handle it. Trust yourself regardless Ooh. of how it goes. That's a whole word. Yeah, I'm That's walking okay. it right now. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm walking it too. And I'm going I'm gonna make sure I type that out and put that in the show notes too. Take that along with you. Affirmations mm -hmm. to yourself are so important. They inform your beliefs in your everyday life. And that's one way you can get started. So once yeah. again, you heard it here first with Christian. Make sure that you tune in next week um, for our next episode. More info to come soon. And uh, you're going to know how to get in touch with Christian. So we're going to close it out with our favorite values, God, family, and purpose. Have a good day.